Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yes, it is, and uh, it is coming up to twenty-three minutes to ten here in uh, in Sydney. So twenty-three minutes to nine up there in Brisbane. Sen sixteen twenty. Uh, welcome to our listeners yep, on the Gold yep, Coast too. Yep. Uh, and text messages keep them coming through. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Bit of a, uh, a romantic sort of twist to tonight's uh, show. It's no longer the late night sports bar, or for tonight. It's the late night love lounge. So if you've got any tunes you'd like us to dig out, we can uh, we can play that. Eric sends through a text, um, as well as having Jaleesa apps on the show every night. He wants um, is Cowboy Dan the new Mad Russian? Where is the Mad Russian? Would be good if we can have both of them on the program. Cheers, Eric. Well, the only problem with that, I mean, this 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 program, as as high rating as it is, given that it's later at night. The big boys downstairs, the, the earlier guys on breakfast yep. and then Vossy, Vossy and then the yeah. afternoon, they soak up all the budget. Yeah, there wouldn't be much budget. So there's me. nothing left for me and my crew. Yeah. So I don't know that we we're able to get another couple in here. I don't know. But it's a good idea, Eric. I'd love to have them both in here. It'd be great. I'd love to work with uh, them. Bondi, Jack, I've got your text, mate. I just want to read through it before I um, read it out, but I have got it. So uh, good evening to you, my friend. Hope you had a nice Valentine's Day. Righto, we are continuing the series, uh, our series of NRL season previews. We've already done Parramatta Eels. Uh, we have done the Roosters. We have done the Raiders. And uh, tonight we're going to focus on St. George Illawarra Dragons. I spoke yesterday, actually, to Josh Kerr uh, on the back of uh, his performance in the uh, in the All-Stars match. Good fella is Josh, and uh, I'll get him on the program again soon. Uh, tonight, though, uh, from a fan's perspective, that's where we're coming from with these previews. Uh, Jack Clifton joins us. He's host of the Red V podcast. Uh, Jack, good evening to you. Good evening, Chris. Thanks for having me on again, mate. My pleasure, mate. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, um, you know, absolutely enthusiastic and optimistic about your team's chances, a scale of 1 to 10, where where are you sitting in, in terms of a good season ahead for the Dragons? Uh, probably sitting on a scale between six and seven, I'd say, Chris. I think yeah, I think most Dragons fans are probably the most optimistic before the season, and and generally by uh, yeah by the end of June, the uh, the optimism scale is on its way uh, on its way down with a bit of a nosedive. But yeah, fairly confident heading into into this season with with the signings that have been made and and some of the young guys that came through at the back end of last year that got a little bit of first grade under their belt. It, yeah, like, there is there is a, a, I'd say a case for optimism for the Dragons heading into to 2022. At the back end of this interview, I'm, I'm going to ask you, okay, what will be a successful season for the Dragons? So you just think mm. about that as we, we continue this chat. Um, Jack, you finished 11th last year, um, and, and we've seen it too often, haven't we, in recent years? You get off to mm. a really good start, and then things sort of um, fall apart a little bit. Yeah, I think it's been the uh, a real Achilles heel of the Dragons for 
for some time, and you could probably date that back to the the '99 Grand Final. Um, uh, there'd been um, uh, real fade outs in in games in, in that era, but but certainly in the last decade, I, I think since well, even when Wayne Bennett was at the Dragons in 2011, the, the Dragons had a bit of a fade out after Origin. But it's yeah, it's something that has really plagued them um, over the last decade, and something that they need to get right. I, I guess you could probably point to the fade out last season, but I thought the circumstances were probably a little bit different to other seasons. Um, I think when other coaches and other players had been involved with the club, it was probably more of a, a fitness and a fatigue fade out than anything else. I just don't think the, the Dragons had the, the squad depth or the quality in, uh, in their, their squad overall to probably compete with some of the upper echelon sides. And then you throw in, um, like we've spoken about before, Chris, on this show, the, what happened with the barbecue and then other suspensions. Mm. Of course, it kind of gets lost that when the NRL brought in the and the no contact to the head rule, Tyrell Fulmiono and, and Josh Maguire were the two players that uh, copped it on the chin quite literally um, from, from the mm. NRL judiciary. And, and that, that certainly affected the, the Dragons a little bit. So, um, yeah, that's something they need to, they need to try and, um, and address. And I guess us as Dragons fans are hoping that the, the fact that there is a little bit more quality and a bit more depth, especially in the forwards, I think after Paul Vaughan was giving his marching orders, that there, there wasn't a whole lot. Um, coming through behind that. But as you mentioned, you've had uh, Josh Kerr on the program. He's going to be a really important player for the Dragons this year. But uh, interesting one in George Burgess coming back from England and having had that um, uh, that, that hip surgery that has never really been done mm. before in, in, in the sporting world. But you, you also look at guys like uh, Francis Muller and Aaron Woods that, that could really have an impact with the Dragons. So I think there's cause for optimism. Um, how much optimism? Uh, I can't answer that question at the moment. We'll talk about a, a few of the, the ins and the outs in a moment. So, yeah, you won your first uh, four of your opening five games. You won last season, including wins over Para and Manly. Um, from a fan's perspective, how are they warming to Anthony Griffin? So he's had one year under his belt now. Um, are they liking what they've seen from Griff? I think it's a little bit, it's a little bit split and a little bit divided, Chris, really. I, I think... There's probably half the fan base, and I probably fall within that, that thinks that Andrew Griffin's done a, done a pretty good job. Um, I think uh, rugby league clubs these days are, are very closed, closed door club scenarios. It's very hard for us as fans to really know what's going on um, behind those closed doors. And I think there's been a fair bit of, of, of stuff that's been happening at the Dragons for a long time that um, has probably plagued them in, in, in recent years and, and meant that they haven't had as much success as other clubs. And, and I think Anthony Griffin has kind of been brought in by, by Ryan Webb and, and the rest of the, the Dragons board to try and clean up a little bit of, um, a little bit of that mess. Um, and, and I think last year was, was quite evident of that. I, I think, yeah, sometimes um, it's more than a, a win-loss uh, record that you need to look at in terms of a coach. And we, we know what he did with, with Penrith and you could argue to the cows come home whether he had an impact on, on how well Penrith are doing now. But he's, he's certainly been known for from promoting juniors and, and um, getting that, that, that those young players, um, getting them some first grade experience. And I think that's going to pay dividends for the Dragons. Um, but then there's others that, yeah, just look at the, the record last year and, and obviously want immediate success, Chris, which is a hard, is a hard sell these days mm. in, in professional sport. Um, but it is... Uh, Unfortunately, what coaches, they live and die by the sword. If you, you have um, 30 losses to 10 or 15 wins, then you're going to find yourself um, in line at Centrelink League um, in, in, in a couple of years if, if, mm. if that's, that's, what you, that, that's the record that you're, you're pushing forward. So ultimately, wins are going to be the, um, the, the currency that Anthony Griffin has to, um, has to deal with. And I, I guess the other thing that you could say to, to that is that I think he's probably got his own squad now. That was 
um, a Paul McGregor squad that he'd inherited last year. He hadn't really had a chance to buy his own players. He, he brought Andrew McCulloch and Josh McGuire and a few other players at, at cut price deals, I guess, to try and pad out the squad and get a bit of experience. But now that he's been able to bring in some of these other lads um, and you combine that with some of the youth and some of the quality like guys like Zach Lomax and Michaeli Ravalala will, will, uh, will provide for the Dragons and Benny Hunt, obviously the, the, the skipper. I think, um, yeah, that's, uh, this is looking more like Anthony Griffin's squad heading into 2022. Who are you most excited about to, to see run around in the Red V this year? I think George Burgess. I think it's um, yeah, it's an interesting one for Dragons fans. I don't think we're under no illusions. I, I don't think anyone's expecting the 2014 George Burgess that was unstoppable for South in that that um, drought-breaking premiership um, that they won um, eight years ago now. Um, but I think he's he's an exciting prospect because I think the Dragons for a long time haven't really had an enforcer in in the in the front row. You can look back into the history books for. St. George and St. George Illawarra, and they've always had a real enforcer in the middle of the field. And I guess you could probably argue that Paul Vaughan was, was that um, in recent seasons for the Dragons. But I think having someone like George Burgess that could potentially be coming off the bench uh, in the first kind of six to eight weeks of the season, he's 120 kilos, he stands about six foot five. Even if he's not at his complete best and doesn't rediscover that kind of form that is at South, I think he can be a real imposing man in the middle of the field. And I think he can probably um, add, some, um, add some wisdom and some advice to some of the younger guys coming through. The Dragons have a couple of young forwards in Josh Corrick and Jackson Sherrib that are development players um, that have come through that, that Jersey flag and SG ball system that uh, might not be stars and might not get to play much first grade this year, but they're certainly players that, um, that, the, that uh, a few fans and, and coaches have got their, their eyes on. And I think someone with George's experience is going to be invaluable. And I think he's probably appreciative of getting another shot in the NRL and he probably thought that NRL dream was, was over when he went over to Wigan and, and obviously heard as well. I'm talking to Jack Clifton, host of the Red V podcast and Dragons fans that are tuning into to this show. I tell you what, a couple of other players that, that I'm really, I think, can um, add a whole lot to your, your squad and your, your season. Jaden Sewer uh, and also Moses Surley from Manly. Um, yep. I thought Desi really improved Moses Surley um, on and off the pitch. And I, I think he could be a really good acquisition for you. Okay, so... What constitutes a successful season for the Dragons in 2022? Oh, it's simple, Chris. It has to be top eight. The, the Dragons haven't played finals footy since 2018, and it's been few and far in between in the, the Paul McGregor years, and, and they did, they've just got to play finals football. Um, we spoke to uh, Andy Raymond um, on our podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he thought the Dragons slotted into that five to eight position. He thinks they've got enough quality players to, um, to, to get the job done. I think if you look through that list, especially with the players that have been signed and you throw in the likes of, of, of kind of Zach Lomax in the centres, Mika Ravalara on one wing, Ben Hunt at halfback, Andy McCulloch, I know his best football is probably behind him, but he's a really experienced head and a great leader at number nine and, and some of the young guys. And then, yeah, you've got Jaden Sewer and George Burgess. Francis Moller, who we haven't really spoken about, who's a Queensland representative coming down from the Cowboys. Uh, Tarek Sims, who is either going to be trying to prove a point to the Dragons that he wants another contract and wants to stay at the Dragons, or he's potentially playing, playing for his future somewhere else. Um, in, in 2023. So I think there's, there's certainly some, um, some players there that can cause some damage. But I guess on the flip side of that, that Chris, that the pressure will really be um, turned up and the heat will be turned up in the kitchen if the Dragons don't start that well. And they don't have the easiest of draws either. The Warriors in, in round one up there at Sunshine Coast Stadium, the Dragons, uh, despite beating them last time, right before barbecue gate, they don't have a great record against the Warriors. 
Then you've got the reigning premiers, the Panthers at Cogra in round two, which will be the, the Norm Proven um, and Johnny Rayford tribute, um, which the, I, I guess emotions are going to be high for that, but the Panthers are such a class side. And then in round three, you go down to Wollongong and you've got to take on Cronulla, a side that did the double over the Dragons last year and have, have kind of got the wood in them a little bit as well. So, um, And then you've got sides like Parramatta and Manly all in the opening 10 rounds. So it's not going to be easy, but I think at the end of the day, um, if uh, there would have to be extenuating circumstances um, for Anthony Griffin to retain his role if, if the Dragons don't play final football in 2022. All righty. Okay. All right, Jacko. Mate, happy, thanks for joining us. Happy Valentine's Day. That's why we did the Dragons tonight because, you know, you've got the red V and the love, <laughs> the love heart sort of, you know, you, you know where I'm coming from. Take care, mate. Thanks for your yeah. time. Thanks, Chris. All the best, mate. All right. There he is. Um, from Red V Podcast, um, does a good job too. If you want to check out that podcast, Jack Clifton. Right, we better move on. We're here until midnight. We've still got plenty to get through. Uh, join the conversation. Um, no one's been game enough on Valentine's Day to pick up the phone and, and have a chat yet. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I keep the text messages coming through. I will get through them. Uh, I promise you before we go off air. And if you've got any requests uh, for any love tunes, uh, send them through. So White Snake, this is for you.